This is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's central and south coasts, sharing discovery, stories and conversations from Thousand Oaks to Santa Barbara to San Luis Obispo and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. It's season three, a season about things lost and found. More than a million people have died from COVID-19 in the US. A million, it's just a number. But a million husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, they all belong to someone. She was full of love, generosity, forgiveness, and she was kind to everybody. My first couple years of my life, I spent with him uh, just taking me everywhere, showing me everything. Uh, So always to parks, aquariums. He really loved uh, astronomy and he really loved marine life. And losing these loved ones continues to be tremendously hard. My life without her is very sad and difficult. It was really hard losing him because then all of a sudden it felt like, well, there's no glue keeping us together. In this episode of The 101, loss and remembrance. We hear from two local people who lost someone to COVID-19 as they celebrate that loved one's life, but also share the long-lasting grief that's left after they're gone. Support for The 101 comes from KCLU listeners and Cottage Health. For nearly 130 years, Cottage Health has been providing advanced medical care for patients throughout California. Nationally recognized for quality care and patient satisfaction, the team at Cottage Health puts patients first with excellence, integrity, and compassion. Services include the Cottage Heart and Vascular Center, Cottage Center for Orthopedics, Cottage Children's Medical Center, and Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute. More at cottagehealth.org. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Luxton. The COVID-19 pandemic has been a traumatic experience for most of us. The fear and confusion in the early days. The isolation and loneliness that came with months of lockdowns. The uncertainty and stress that was felt with layoffs and school closures. And then there's the grief of losing a loved one to COVID-19. Today, you'll hear from two people from our local community still feeling that grief. And you'll hear from them completely in their own words. My name is Kak Young, Reverend Dr. Kak Young. And I lost my wife the beautiful and talented Marlene Morris to COVID-19 in March of 2022. She was 77 glorious years old. Marlene was a minister in religious science. She was beloved by her congregation and she took a church of about 40 people and turned it into 400 within a couple years. She was a dynamic speaker, an inspirational person. Speaking was her gift. She was full of love, generosity, forgiveness, and she was kind to everybody. She had an amazing smile 
that she just used all the time to brighten the world. She and I were married for 20 years and we traveled the world when she wasn't working at the things she loved to do best. She did have an underlying condition called Wegener's granulomatosis, but that was managed by a lot of um, immunosuppressive drugs and she, she did well, she managed that very well. She loved to travel, she loved music. She, we had uh, a box at the Hollywood Bowl for many years and we enjoyed every Thursday night the classical music. I remember lugging all of our picnic food up that hill all the time. We were very good at getting all the vaccines and boosters at the correct times, and we even stayed inside. And she uh, thought that she had some protection, and what happened is she went down to the lab to get her blood work done, and wearing a mask, and she contracted COVID. When she went to be admitted to the hospital, they didn't take her the first night. So she came back home and I was with her for 10 days while she had COVID. And finally, she became so ill with it that I called an ambulance and they took her to the hospital and she was admitted. Um, she died six weeks later after they did what they could. My life without her is very sad and difficult. You know, I found out that the world is not very kind when you're trying to hold back the tears and still negotiate with the banks and the credit card companies and all of that. Um, I really think the world could use a dose of kindness for those who are in grief about the loss of a loved one. My life will never be the same without Marlene. How could it be? She was one of a kind, and I am grateful, deeply grateful, to have been her best friend, her confidant, and her partner for 20 years. She had many more years of life in her, and the chance to do more good in the world, which was her number one mission. I remember one time, um, it was my 60th birthday, and Marlene said, what would you like for your 60th? And I said, I would like poems from you. She said, oh, you'd like me to write you a poem? And I said, oh, no, I'd like you to write me 60 poems. And she said, 60? Okay, well, I better get started. I'm glad I asked you early. Not only did she write 60 poems, but she published them in a book for me, which was lovely. I'd like to read you just one of them. When the sun sets upon your dreams, may the gift of grief guide you to the edge of your known world, to that horizon where heaven and earth meet, and may you discover there that the sun also rises. That was Kak Young remembering her wife, Marlene Morris.
Next, you'll hear about Ricardo Ramirez. Originally, I was due to speak to Ricardo's sister, Carmen Ramirez. Before I was able to interview Carmen, she was tragically killed in a car accident in Oxnard. The family still wanted us to know about Ricardo's life. Here is his daughter, Erica, sharing the life of her father in her own words. So my name is Erica Ramirez. I lost my father, Ricardo Ramirez, to COVID-19 in early 2021. Actually, it was before the first couple vaccines were rolled out. He had just celebrated his uh, 64th birthday the previous year in the pandemic, and we were all on Zoom. Uh, and we were looking forward to perhaps maybe the following year in 2021 to being able to see each other in person. He uh, was an electrician for many years, for probably since he had started in the army. He got placed into like the electrician's program and he was in the Corps of Engineers for 20 years. Um, and for most of his life there, he didn't really spend it like in combat, but he actually was spent helping other neighborhoods. So he helped after like natural disasters and things like that. He had telescopes and he would show me what planets were and he would take me to the aquarium and show me what all these creatures were under the sea. He even had this lifelong dream of sailing around the world. Although he retired from the army, he actually spent quite a few years still working as an electrician. Um, he kept retiring and then going back to work. I don't know why, but he did. And so finally though, he did retire, I think in 2020 around that time when the pandemic was happening, he, he ended up finding this huge boat that he was planning to use to finally go sail around the world. He originally thought it was just a cold and he thought that maybe he got it before and so he was going to be fine and then he ended up having to get put into the hospital. Because uh, he was struggling to even talk because of how much it was affecting his lungs. Um, at that point, uh, we, we found out he was going to be on a ventilator, I think it was on a Saturday or a Sunday. He, from what he could barely say, he was he was saying that he was going to be on a ventilator and uh, that he was going to feel better in, in a few days. And so uh, you're trying to hold a brave face, trying not to cry in, in the in the FaceTime, but you just can't really hold, hold a, a big face. Um, you can't really put, keep yourself together at a time like that. So I remember crying with my brother and, and thinking that this might be the last time that we would get to talk to him, but really hoping that it wouldn't be. As things were starting to progress, uh, his lungs just weren't able to put up with it because as I said, he was an electrician, so he worked in lots of places where there it was just bad for the lungs. So like his last job was actually getting, um, it, it, was a, it was a place that burned like trash. Then that's when uh, the hospital put together a team. It was, it was almost like a hospice kind of team. I put together a playlist for him. I distinctly remember this because I wanted him to to be able to hear things while he was on the ventilator. And he was he loved he loved music. He loved classic rock and roll. His kidneys were starting to fail, and then we were faced with like having to make a decision on whether to keep him on a ventilator or to um, let him pass peacefully. And I it was it was a hard place to be in because I'm just you know I'm just a daughter, and I'd never. I've never lost an, a parent before, and um, we knew that he was somebody that never wanted to be a vegetable per se. Like he didn't want to ha just be living if 
it was just going to be a machine keeping him alive. So I, I kept that in mind. Again, we couldn't even be there in the room with him. I remember I really wanted to because, like I had said, I had gotten one shot of the vaccine. So I was like, well, maybe they'll let me go in there if I have like all this PPE. I, like I said, I worked in the lab, so I brought like a hazmat suit. I brought everything I could to see if I could go in there. Um, but then I was faced with this decision. Well, I could go in there maybe and be with him. But then afterwards, I would have to quarantine for two weeks and I wouldn't be able to hug any of my family for that time. So the, this doctor staff really didn't want me to be in the room because I guess when, when you take off the ventilator, you're, just, you're exposed to a lot of particles. So I couldn't be there with him, but I was outside the door with my Tia Carmen. I was, telling, I was just trying to tell him things that would make him feel like we were going to be okay if he did leave. And I was trying not to cry. Of course, I just cried like the whole time. I, I remember telling him um, that in that same sentence that I was going to see him in every uh, butterfly that I saw flying around. I told him that I would, I would, I would know he was there. You know, maybe, maybe there's something out there. Maybe he's out there finally sailing, and he is watching over me in every butterfly. And that's kind of something that I had to keep telling myself as time went by. That was Erica Ramirez remembering her father, Ricardo Ramirez. Head over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find photos of Kak and Marlene and also Erica and Ricardo. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Luxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.